Hello and welcome to Tabletop Treasures, the one-stop shop for everything tabletop, whether it's making characters, looking up new things to play, or just coming up with stuff that we think is interesting. Uh, we've got a really awesome uh, episode for everyone today. Um, I'm Kieran. I'm Ryan. Um, and we've got a special guest, uh, Nina. So Hello. I guess we'll get right into it and... Um, Yes, yeah, see where the episode takes us. But yeah, uh, Nina, so with like tabletop and everything, sort of what led you to sort of uh, get to where you are today? Like give us a bit of an intro of yourself. Uh, in terms of um, playing, what led me to play the D&D? Let D&D or, or, or games to D&D? Like there's, there's... All the things. <laughs> I, think, I think everyone's had a different thing. Um, I think there's lots of tabletop players that are going from tabletop to playing the latest uh, Baldur's Gate 3 and a lot of people that are played lots of games that are getting into tabletop now. Oh boy, how much time have we got? All right. <laughs> um, I think the TLDR of my story is that I grew up as a single child um, with just kind of like isolated because I'm I'm a first generation Australian in my family. So I didn't have too many friends, found it difficult to kind of make friends and stuff most of my life. Um, but I always, I distinctly remember as a kid, like playing games, um, digital, <laughs> digital games. Cause just when I was a little tiny tot, my, my dad was super into computers and he would bring home a super old Macintosh. And I remember being uh, back obsessed. when they played games. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like snake and stuff. Um, and I distinctly remember sitting in my bedroom when I was like three or four years old and like reading stories to my stuffed animals and being obsessed with Disney movies and cartoons and movies and whatever growing up. And I think none of that changed. That's just been so consistent throughout my life. Um, but I had never actually played um tabletop games per se in the way that we're talking about them here until probably during the pandemic, to be honest. I'd always been really curious about D&D, um, but I was always too mm, intimidated, I think is a good word, to kind of jump in um, and find a group because, again, friends, am I right? That stuff's hard. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the, so, like, the same way that I met you, Kieran, right, was through Twitch. Um, I've been streaming on Twitch for, like, nine-something years now, a very, very long time, started doing that so I could make friends. And I was like, I love video games. Maybe I can find friends who like the same video games I do. So I started streaming which led me to also beginning doing voice acting, um, as we'll talk about, and ultimately led me to um, meeting people who were interested in D&D. D&D is also a really great way to do, um, to practice improvisation, which I'm sure you'll want to talk about as well. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what drove me to it. It was like a multi-pronged thing that included friendship, practicing my craft, practicing acting, 
practicing different voices, um, practicing improv and just having a fun time while we do all of those things. So is that enough of my, <laughs> there's a lot there, but. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's really good. I think you won't be alone in like people probably like picking up new hobbies, whether it was D&D or something else during the pandemic. Like I imagine mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, I have time to do that thing that I always wanted to do. Yeah, definitely. So I I think, yeah, definitely not alone in that. And um, also I don't, I don't think you're alone in like being intimidated to start because like if you don't already know the group, I, I can't imagine how not necessarily scary, but like just like kind of nerve wracking that would be just like, all right, there's like four people here. And for the most part, a lot of people play tabletop in person. Online would be, a, I imagine, a bit less intimidating. But like there's like looking for groups at like global hobby shops and stuff where it's like mm-hmm. you can go and just play with a group of random people and it's just, oh. Well, yeah, Scary. like all all the people who I started playing with were people who I met through Twitch specifically. So like um, viewers that I met who watched my stream, um, one of them is a DM and he's like one of those really fun ones who will literally let you do or try anything and he'll just roll with it and it's just chaos. Um Another DM who pulled a group together for like some of our for some of our community members and stuff, and then with casters and cantrips. Um, so I I finally managed to get a more consistent group for a longer term campaign, which was super exciting because I'd had never done that before. That sounded super intimidating too, but I just jumped in and said yes because I was like, why the heck not? Um, so our DM for casters and cantrips, I actually met on Twitch like five, six plus years ago. Um, I don't even remember why he approached me, but he was like, hey, would you be interested in like doing this big campaign and whatever? It's going to be every week at this time live on Twitch. And I was just like, you know what? Stuff it. I'm I'm there. Let's Let's try. <laughs> and it's going really well. So, yeah. It's been really exciting, really um, jumping into it, but it's it's mostly the rules I think that are the most intimidating. Like I'm playing an an um, artificer in casters and cantrips in our campaign right now, and I have no idea what I'm capable of half the time. <laughs> I think that's uh, most people. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, can I do this? And the DM's like, uh, maybe. <laughs> I feel like you're you're a bit like that sometimes with me, Ryan, when we, we play. Like you'll be like, Can I do this? And I'll be like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't think you're actually playing if you use the rule book. <laughs> They're more like guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that's, I think, a good segue into, um, well, yeah, telling us about Casters of casters and Cantrips, um, which is the, what do you, yeah, so it's like an actual play on Twitch. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you record it for like YouTube and stuff as well or just? Um, yes, it's, it's um, all the VODs are always up on YouTube as well. And then we also do a podcast where we kind of talk about that last 
like it's kind of like a recap of what happened oh, in the last cool. session and what we where we think it's going, um, how we feel about everything, stuff that we really want to dig into. So it's it's not all the cast members. We kind of rotate out for that podcast um, segment. Um, but yeah, we play for like three or four hours each week. Um, and then, yeah, every every week there'll also be a recap. There's also um, another D&D segment called Tome of Knowledge that um, the guys get together and do each week where they talk about different aspects of D&D, exploring different things, tips for new players, um, what's possible in with the rule sets, how to how DMs can get better at doing what they do. There's so many different things that they talk about. And then we also do art streams as well because um, one of our one of our group members is a really amazing artist. She did artwork for all of our characters. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, each week. Yep. So and this is you only like played D&D for this. You haven't played any other systems? I did. So originally the DM from Casters and Cantrips, his name's Maximus Rake, um, he invited me even before I had anticipated voiceover might even be a thing for me. While I was still living in America, he invited me to do um, a, a stream that was, it was entirely role play. There was like no maths or anything involved. I don't remember the name of the the system that it uses, but it's basically entirely RP driven. Um, and I was so out of my element for that. I didn't know what I could do, what I should say. It was basically entirely improv in character. And I had never done anything like that before. And I don't know if that experience made me feel a little bit more intimidated um, later on. But now looking back, I was like, oh, maybe that was kind of my first taste of what I do now, actually. Um, I'll have to ask him what it was and let you know. But yeah, there was like a particular tabletop type. Um, it's kind of like Dungeons and Dragons without the maths and dice rolls and I'm, everything. Yeah. I'm trying to like rack my brain as to what that would be. Um, like the closest I can come is come to is like fate, which is pretty rules light. There was um, something, it was something called something with a wheel, something. Now it's a wheel of time in my head. No, but it was similar. <laughs> Have you heard of anything like that, Ryan? It sounds familiar, but I don't have a name off the top of my head. But it sounds like a very, very interesting system. Yeah, when I find when I find it, I'll let you know. I'll ask him about it. Um, but yeah, so that was quite interesting for me in terms of not knowing what the hell I was doing. <laughs> I mean, we all don't know what we're doing until we know what we're doing. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, I find I find that especially true of D and D and or. Tabletop RPG in general, like mm. I, I think we've been playing for ages, and like there's still just times where you're like, oh, is that how that works? All right, <laughs> like <laughs> noted for next time. Well, I feel like almost every session, yeah, because <laughs> there's yeah, there's just things like you get together, you do a game, you're like, all right, I'll 
look up the rules I need to to like kind of get through this, and then like you do that for the next few sessions, and then you just stop looking at the rules, and then like one player will just be like, "Oh, it actually works like this," and the the GM will be like, "Oh, yeah, well, I guess we can do it like that from now or not." <laughs> it do doesn't you know matter. what's funny? Actually, I was playing the the Stardew Valley board game on the weekend, and we had so many of those moments because that game is entirely co op. And there were so many moments where like you're supposed to have a planning phase and then you have the play phase. And there were so many times when we were like, oh, yeah, remember those that produce that I gave you during the planning phase that I'm totally not currently sliding across the board to you? <laughs> um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, just take, just take the stuff you already had in your backpack to do this <laughs> thing to benefit the team. <laughs> it kind of feels a bit like that sometimes. I think like there's lots of that sort of just mutual agreement of like everyone fucks up so many things during a session. They're just like, yeah, we'll just roll with it because I'm going to fuck something up in 10 minutes anyway. So like, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. That's the best part is rolling with the punches and you get some really cool moments that end up weaving into the story with that kind of stuff too. Yeah, you very much do. We actually did a, um, episode sometime earlier in the year about like people who are a bit like rules lawyery and like having players that really get a bit upset when you deviate from the rules um and how that can ruin a table so yeah just having players embrace the the chaos i think you've got to be a little bit flexible yeah yeah, playing a little bit fast and loose. It can be good with narrative-driven, not necessarily systems, but games as well. If you're saying, well, what I'm about to do would be a hell of a lot cooler if your character had actually been just a little bit over there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I love retconning stuff if it's like, oh, well, that's cooler, so we're just going to roll with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, much better. Um, So... Speaking of like the Stardew board game, which I really want to play now that I know what's called. Um, <laughs> hey, were you into board games much as a kid or, or is it just you've gotten into all forms of tabletop recently? Um, no, we like we had the super basic board games and ironically, actually, now that I think about it, I played a lot of board games digitally by myself when I was a kid. So there was like, um, I don't know if you remember this game called uh, Jones in the Fast Lane. I do not. It was like a DOS game, like super old school, and it's basically like the game of life kind of thing. I was playing that when I was like four, four or five years old, which I probably oh, nice. shouldn't have been. But <laughs> and 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 stuff like. Um, Anything that was like maths related, I played like lots of maths games, lots of spelling games, and a lot of those had kind of like board game style mechanics mixed in with them. And I loved those. Like I would literally get Snakes and Ladders, like the actual physical board game, and just play it by myself just because I liked doing the maths and working things out. And I don't know. Wow, what a what a nerd. Oh, we're, we are all nerds here. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, but um, but because because like there are board games and there are board games, right? Like you've got like your monopolies, and then you've got the full tabletop shebangabang, which sadly I haven't quite delved into yet. But um, 
when I, I think about 10 years ago, I started dabbling more into like risk and things like that, just like a little bit more um, complex board games, I suppose. And these friends who I played the, the Stardew Valley board game with on the weekend, at their place was the first time I'd experienced the World of Warcraft board game. I didn't even know there was one. Oh, my Lanta. If you ever have the chance to try the World of Warcraft board game with the expansions, it literally takes a thousand years to set up. Like it takes a village to set up and it takes a good like eight hours to play. Like it's it's like a I really a like whole those day. board games though. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. And I always crave playing it. Um, and every time I'm like, can we play this game again? And my friend's like, and I'm like, please, I want to play the game. (laughs) Um, but we actually mutually decided recently because it's, it's, it has like PVP mechanics and stuff as well. You basically play as two parties and we were talking about how to make it a little bit more like after playing the Stardew Valley game, we were like, what if it was a bit more collaborative and not so like everyone's usually got their head down doing math, making roles, trying to see what they want to do. But what if instead we made it a little bit more like modern day WoW and removed the PVP and made it so that all the players, like you get five players together who are in a party and you have to try beat the dungeon together. I think that would be a really cool like chain shifting the rules just to make it a little bit more of a social ex- experience yeah um, we we've played yeah. a lot of that that are like that like the more cooperative ones we've got a few at our place mm. i'm starting to love me some good co-op so i think that's uh, a good point for us to go on a break so we'll uh for for the listeners we'll be back to talk more about uh nina's lovely life of exploring tabletop Okay, hello. Welcome back. We are chatting with Nina. Um, one thing I'm really interested in asking you is what have you found, if anything, is sort of the difference between something like voice acting and performing in an actual play? So it's actually it's quite interesting because um, a lot of our players and our DM – I don't think that some of them would consider themselves voice actors, but what they do is very similar to voice acting. Like our DM will will play, I've got, I think it was last week or the week before, I think he played 10 different characters in the space of 15 minutes. Like the dude was popping off and it's and incredible. incredible. Yeah, they're they're completely different characters. And the thing is, like, I think a lot of D&D players don't realize how much performance experience they actually have when they really get into it. But that's why it's so good for actors to do, to play this game. It's so much great practice for, like, improv, for example, is the number one top skill that people will tell you um, is important for a for a voiceover artist to have because when you're in a session especially for like things like video games I think it's probably most common um a lot of my video game sessions you'll do 
it it's like you you have the whole script and everything, which is very different to in D&D, right? In D&D, you're just going into the game. You don't know what's going to happen. You have no idea what's going on. You have to try to stay in character as best you can if that's what your group chooses to do. Um, which which we do. We try to do as much stuff as we can in character because it's more entertaining for the audience especially, but it's also fun for us. Um, but in voiceover, you'll usually have a script, whether or not it's the first time you're seeing it, um, the second you start talking or you've had a look at it beforehand. But most of the time, especially with video games, is you'll be asked to... Um, add a little bit of life, bring your own interpretation to it, um, do some ad libs, like add a couple of words here and there, um, different types of efforts. But then you've also got the other extreme of improv, which is the client will be like, okay, that sounds great. Um, can you do, uh, can you do a Polish accent? <laughs> um, can you do this? The like these few lines, or make up some lines, whatever you want, um, in a Polish accent, as like this type of character. With we're thinking of trying something, we're not really sure if we want to do it or whatever. And if you can do that in that moment, um, first of all, it blows their socks off every time. There's, I've never <laughs> seen people be so happy to like, it's like their eyes light up and they're like, oh my God, this is gold. We're going to do so, so many possibilities. Oh. Um, but yeah, so like, it's so important to just be really flexible, really malleable and have all of these things in your toolkit that you can bring out whenever someone asks you. That's not to say that you know, you're performing all the time and you go to a dinner party and people are like, hey, can you do that character with the Polish accent? And you're just like, oh, yeah, 100%. While I'm just sipping on my wine, trying to relax and be a human, let me just slip right into that. Um, you're always prepared for those things. You warm up, you, you get ready, you have at least some idea of what the game world is and where you're going. It's quite, it's similar in D&D. So yeah, like it is, there's, there is actually a lot of crossover that I don't think people realize. Um, and I think that's why people enjoy watching, um, as I just learned that they're called actual plays this week. Thanks, Kieran. Um, I think that's why people really enjoy watching, um, voice actors or actors, performers, people who act for a living play these games because they can live and breathe the characters and it it's it brings that extra amount of entertainment where it's not just theatre of the mind for the viewer anymore. They're actually seeing the characters and how they would interact. The only thing that you don't have, some sometimes people even have costumes, sometimes they don't. Um, but I think it really adds some meat to the story and it makes you want to have a little bit more RP rather than just throwing dice the whole time because it it makes it more exciting and you care about these characters so much more. Yeah, right. I, I was just going to say um, that is really interesting um, and you do kind of hear about it from that perspective more so, I think. You see, you know, these really successful improv comedians go on to be quite successful players and DMs and that sort of thing. And you see voice actors go on to be really successful players and DMs and that sort of thing. But I just want to touch on when we opened that question, you actually 
directed it the other way, which is that the idea that D and D is good practice for your voice acting and for improv mm-hmm. stuff. So, so you, you think that? I guess I'd never really thought about it from the other from that perspective that playing D and D every week or however often you might play is actually increasing your skills in those other areas. It's once a month, and then people cancel at the last minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That's that's why that's why I sort it out because um like especially during the pandemic, right? Like we couldn't do improv classes. They had like online improv classes, which is like super awkward and stilted and no one knows when to jump in and it's like really weird. I like um, this podcast. Sounds like a podcast. <laughs> exactly, like this podcast. Um, yeah. Uh and then I've I've since done some some improv in person as well. I did I did some improv classes with Impro Melbourne, which were awesome. And I can't wait to go back at some point. I just need to organize my schedule. Um, but yeah, it all feeds into each other. And that's that's the beauty of it for for me, because it's kind of, I'm one of those people who loves to multitask. Like if I'm doing stuff in life, I want to min-max that shit. So <laughs> if I can like do a thing and then also create content for it and then also like get something else done or build a skill or whatever while I do that thing, that's amazing for me. So D&D is like my social time, it's screen time, it's PR time, it's also building up my improv skills, it's practicing my active listening, it's practicing my performance skills, my ability to stay in character. Um, it's it it does so many things all in one <laughs> one period of time where one spends energy instead of having to focus on it's it's like one of those activities that just has so much payoff compared to Mm -hmm. doing eight other things that only focus on one area. (laughs) It's the optimum route for building those skills. Literally. Exactly. I do wish, I do wish real life had skill bars. I I feel like I'd be so much more inclined to, to practice things if I could see the numbers going up. Right. That's why I use my Google Calendar in the way that I do. I'm such a nerd. This is so bad. Why am I talking about this? Please tell us about the Google Calendar. No, I need to know now. (laughs) So you know how people talk about like time blocking and all this kind of crap, right? So you like Mm -hmm. block time in your calendar so you know how much time you spend doing things. So I, I, I time block certain things so that I can focus on stuff and make sure that I have time to, I don't know, like eat lunch and stuff. Cause sometimes I forget that. Um, but I also throughout the day will update my calendar as I go so that at the end of the day, I can see what I actually did. So like if I've been like, you know, whatever time we've spent in this podcast afterwards, I'll update my calendar to be like, okay, we did the podcast from, from here until here. This is when I had dinner. This is how long I spent on emails when I said I would only do it for half an hour. And then I ended up getting distracted and I did it for an hour and a half. So to me that having that amount of time, having so many skill buffs as it were, or like (laughs) buffs to my social bar and buffs to, you know, my performance skill and all that kind of thing. Like that's huge. I want as many of those in my calendar as possible, obviously with enough time to like rest and whatever. But, um, but yeah, it's really good being able to like 
look at my calendar and see <laughs> progress. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible though. I feel like it is quite a good strategy. The gamification of, of life, surely. I mean, it sounds like it's working for you. Um, I feel it, like we could all embrace does. that a little I've, bit more. I have tried so many different productivity tools and I always just end up like the thing is if I don't have my Google Calendar open at all times, I'm going to miss meetings. I'm going to forget stuff. Like it just is what it is, especially when you work from home and your your schedule is so flexible and stuff changes all the time. Mm-hmm. Like if you guys were to tell me, oh, the, turns out we have to reschedule the podcast or whatever. If I didn't have my calendar open, I would have still assumed it was today and I would be sitting here waiting. Like, <laughs> And then next week I wouldn't, I wouldn't appear. I wouldn't be there because I wouldn't know what's going on. Um, but yeah, like my, my days change. Every single day is completely different. So I really need to have all of that stuff in there. Like if I need to prepare something for D&D as well, like I need to put aside time for that and updating my notes and remembering to update all of the things from the last session. Um, oh, there, there have been so many times when we were like, like after the stream, we'll be like, okay, so before next session, we have to do like this, this and this. We have to talk about this thing. Um, like I had all of my, um, what's it called? The infusions and stuff. So I had to like look at all my infusions and see which ones we wanted to use. And I could do infusions for other people and I needed them to tell me what they wanted and all that kind of stuff. And then by the next session, everyone's just like, oh yeah, I forgot to do that thing. <laughs> I hear those things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, In between no. session prep, it's hard enough to get people to go to the session. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> I was going to say, um, th- this has inspired me to encourage my players to maybe put in Google Calendar to actually prepare their spells. Mm. <laughs> because that's the thing. If you don't set aside time to do it, it becomes something that you just keep forgetting, forgetting, forgetting. Like I need to have a reminder to like do that stuff because, yeah, otherwise you're going to show up to the session, look at your character sheet and be like, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> How did I end up here? <laughs> Thankfully, our DM is is like a mastermind of keeping notes, so he always does a recap at the start of every stream for both us and for the viewers. Um, oh, what a legend. I'm the worst so highly note-taker. detailed. Like, I wish I could do that. So are we, because ironically, <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't tell you my character, Ryan. So in Castles oh, yes, and Cantrips, in Castles and Cantrips, my my character's name is Kuta Loggerhead. She's Beautiful. a she's a turtle, obviously. <laughs> she's <laughs> you don't a, see little, a lot of turtles. The little old gran, granny turtle. Um, and she's become like a superstar of the stream because she's just so like innocent and elderly and keeps accidentally killing people because my (laughs) roles are such that they're very, very good when we don't need them to be. And then they're really, really bad even for my best skills when they would be useful. So how it should always be. Yeah. Um, so now she's and this is what I was talking about with like the improv stuff and it going into your um I know that we're running on time, but it going into your uh the future storytelling and stuff of the game, like that's what happened, right? There was one time where I accidentally like crit somebody with like 
don't know, acid spray or whatever the hell it was um, with my cantrip. And the DM's like, describe to the people how you completely obliterate this poor man. <laughs> and I'm like, but she wouldn't be, Kuda wouldn't do that. Kuda wouldn't obliterate people. She doesn't like killing people. She's a pacifist. She just does science and tinkers and like keeps to herself. So of course she freaked out and like vomited acid accidentally because she was scared and the man stood in it by accident and then he (laughs) just vaporized. And that has become a a three-slot emote on Twitch. It's become the one thing that seems to happen every fight when she accidentally kills someone again. (laughs) I love that. It's just like the panic acid vomit. So, yeah, um, there's so many of those things that you can, like, end up tying into your characters and their their stories Mm -hmm. and the the ultimate journey of everyone. I love, um, yeah, we, we had a character in one of our campaigns who got like, who found a hand once and he just like kept it and like it was the theme for his, <laughs> his character for like ages. A hand. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, like just, thing. He was, uh, he was crawling through like a cruel space in this house and found just a hand. Um, it was like a random, like, you know, roll on the random loot table. I was like, oh, there's a hand there. And oh, just, that's amazing. <laughs> See, this is why we love RNG. So, mm, I was going to say, it's yeah. that intersection between storytelling and improv and chance that mm-hmm. makes tabletop role-playing so magical, I think, because all of those things sort of mix together and come up with the dumbest shit that is funny for years. Yeah, oh, it's, absolutely You should never agree. sit down and, and come up with this. It's the, the dice need to be there, the system needs to be there, and then improv on the top of that, who knows? You come mm-hmm. up with acid vomit and someone carrying a hand around. Sp- speaking of improv... I find that it's like some you get those players that are a bit they're too afraid to sort of be like if you give them a prompt of like oh well like you get to hit them really hard because you crit like how do you do it and they're just like they don't <laughs> I whether they don't want to open up or my not hammer <laughs> yeah like <laughs> would you recommend like I think it's hard for people not wanting to do it professionally and things cost money um, but recommending. I think people should just take an improv class for fun. but Oh, 100%. There are so many people who just take them for fun, to be honest. And, okay, so even for me, it was scary as fuck, right? Like I'd been telling myself that for my career I should do um, improv classes and whatever, so I spent heaps of time looking at them, getting like really excited about it, blah, blah, blah. And then they, um, I think they had a sale. They, They had like their early bird sale for the next semester. So I booked in for a whole semester. I think it was like 10 classes or something. Yeah, the one near us has like a 10 class. They always mm-hmm. have a 10 class deal. Yeah, it's like a course. Um, it's basically like a like they actually do a curriculum and you build on skills and stuff. Uh, so I did that, locked it in and I was super excited. And then I realized it was coming up in a month. And then I realized it was coming up in three weeks and then two weeks and then one week. And I was shitting myself and I didn't want to go because then I would have to meet new people and it was going to be scary. And Oh no, the passage of time yeah like it and it's fucking terrifying because you meet new people and you're super vulnerable and you're like am I gonna say something fucking stupid that's and people are gonna pull psychology references on me because I'm saying dumb shit and it's like nah it's just a completely judgment free zone it's just unhinged 
Yeah, it's it's unhinged, judgment-free. If anyone makes you feel uncomfortable, obviously talk to your instructor. But like largely speaking, it's one of those things where, you know, like when you when you organize to visit friends and before you go, you're like, oh, I don't want to go today. And you make excuses for yourself not to go. But then you end up forcing yourself to go and it's like the best time you've had in like the past three weeks. It's like that every time, That's every really single awesome. time. Yeah. So, All right, listeners, go do your improv classes. Yeah, do it. If you can if you can afford to, 100% do it. There are some online that are even a little bit cheaper if you want to like dip your toes in um, to that a bit as well. And in Impro Melbourne in particular, because that's where I've been, so I can say it was amazing. Love you, so. If you're a great teacher, I want to come back still. Um, but I basically <laughs> did like their foundational it's basically just a spontaneity class just to get you um, thinking on your feet, coming up with stuff yeah. quickly, um, being able to just whatever comes into your head first, just say that. And then they build on that um, to take you into like a narrative and then character stuff. And so each course kind of builds onto more and more stuff. Um, so, yeah, I would love to continue doing and that. If you're a GM, you're probably already doing half of this and this yeah. will just help. Absolutely. And it it kind of loosens you up and exposes you to different people and different concepts and different references. Like half the references I made during those classes, people looked at me with the blankest of faces and they were like, what did you just say? Mm. But it also makes some really fantastic shit because a lot of the games that you play are based on people mishearing you. And the funniest shit that comes out of people having miscommunications <laughs> and misunderstandings because there's no time to think of if you heard that correctly or or to confirm if you heard something correctly. You just have to continue playing the scene and then eventually the person realizes that you didn't actually hear them right and so they'll start playing along with the new thing and it just creates those magic moments like what you were talking about, like with D&D, um, which are hilarious. You, you could literally just could have been explaining a tabletop RPG session. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it, it just sounds fun and sounds a lot like tabletop. Yeah. <laughs> like I think I was always throwing out like Lord of the Rings references and stuff and no one would understand me. And I was like, that's, amazing. Ah, that's okay. There are other people who get me better, but that's fine. You guys are cool too. And speaking of other people that will get you, we'll have to wait till the next podcast and the next time we uh, get you on to explore that more. But, uh, <laughs> but it for, has been very nice the, speaking to you. Thank it's you. It's been amazing. Oh, I thanks for having me. Love hearing other people's viewpoints and all this stuff. Um, usually people just have to put up with us too, so it's good to get another perspective. <laughs> uh, where can everyone find you on the internet? Oh, and, and stalk you and d develop that parasocial relationship. Oh, yeah, please do. Love some good parasocial vibes. Um, you can find my website at voicesofnina.com or kidkerrigan.tv or ninanikolic.com. They literally all point to the same place depending on where that. you get the URL from and what for. <laughs> so <laughs> pick one of those and you'll literally end up at the same website with all of my info, all of my emails and all of my social medias that you can follow me all over the place, including on X. 
or oh, I, I uninstalled that <laughs> or whatever it's called now. I don't I don't know. Anyway, we'll, we'll put links in the show notes as well. So <laughs> we'll put a link to the that's always um, in the show notes, way. and it's, it saves our life. Z tap um, me, guys. And yeah, we'll put a link to to your website. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Um, I can tell listeners where to find us if you just give me a second to open the Google Doc that Kieran sends me before every recording so I don't fuck it up. We are... He says as he fucks it up. I'm going to fuck it up, Kieran. <laughs> it's funny. <clears throat> Here we go. We are at... Oh, that's the... Yeah, we're on X um, at TTRPG Treasures. Um, we are at tabletoptreasurespod.com. Um, you can also reach us at tabletoptreasurespod at gmail.com. And Kieran has noted that if you would like to send us any questions, they can be directed to the aforementioned email address. Thank you very much for listening. And if you live under a rock, <laughs> X is Twitter. <laughs> Look, I'm just calling it by its official name. Yeah, Garbage. we're all just getting seated now. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, seated. I mean, it's fine. Whatever. Yeah, all right. that's that's enough. Go get that treasure.